Matthew, I find it difficult to find the motivation to actually get up and get out of my bed every morning. This morning I was going to go to the gym and I just didn't have the motivation to get up and go to the gym, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but you had, you had the motivation to get up. I did that. I did come here. And that, that of course is just, is just fantastic. And I hope that all of us, everybody listening and, and all of us here on campus find the motivation to, to get up next Saturday by 8 PM and head over to Armstrong concert hall and see the wind ensemble concert. See the wind ensemble support our peers, support our friends. Yeah. Your friends. Quote unquote. <laughs> you doing today it is question of the week today we are discussing how do you stay motivated with my guest i hope that i get this right matthew murray ryan murray right there we go yeah ryan comes first i couldn't figure out the order (laughs) um yeah how are you doing on this fine morning i'm doing pretty good it's um it's a very nice day out nice and bright of course and it's good to be here down at the radio station of course (laughs) yeah the little huddled coop that we that we have of a radio station yeah um so let's talk a little bit about the first two songs on the playlist which by the way if you go to our facebook page question of the week and then click on the link to go to our website you can go ahead and get all of these playlists they'll be uploaded at the same time that the podcast is uploaded um but the first two songs in the playlist are when you believe and the star spangled banner both whitney houston you want to discuss a little bit about why you added these to the podcast today first and foremost if you do not know me i am a huge lover <laughs> supporter fanatic um for miss whitney houston that's an understatement <laughs> understatement at that um but um as you listen to the first song when you believe i remember the song so distinctly um as i was three years old, sitting in my family room, and we were watching The Prince of Egypt. I'm sure most of you all have seen the animated film. Um, And I remember this song so distinctly because in the movie, the people were being um, free from slavery, and this song just resonated resonated within me um, so much that years down the road, I looked up um, a cover of the song, and... I realized that it was a duet between Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. And now before then, at three years old, I had no clue who Whitney Houston was, but I just enjoyed the song. Um, And then upon actually, you know, researching the song and seeing who were some of the um, collaborators, uh, you know, that duets that had been covered from the song, um, my love for Whitney Houston just kind of began there. Um, And then as you heard in the next song there, the Star Spangled Banner, I mean... uh, you're just speechless. You have to be speechless. It's a, this is literally the best rendition of the national anthem we have had yet. Um, and there are many, many, many people that can support that as well. Um, just the way in which she um, decided to do the melodies and within the song and how she approached it and her execution and her vocal technique. I mean, it, it was just all incredible. I, I, it was phenomenal, phenomenal. All right, so let's talk a little bit about you, just get everybody acquainted to who you are. Let's talk about where you're from, why you chose Shenandoah, what you do here, all of the uh, all of the good, juicy surface stuff. All 
Alrighty, alrighty. So, um, I went to school, spent most of, um, I guess, my life in Hagerstown, Maryland. Good old Hagerstown, Maryland. Um, and I went to um, the Barbara Ingham School for the Arts. Um, as an instrumentalist, I played the piano for a bit, and then I switched over to musical theater. Um, upon kind of looking for um, prospective colleges, I came across Shenandoah Conservatory, of course. Um, I auditioned, got in, and now I'm here. Um, and something that was so unique about my process, about my journey, is about halfway through my studies in the conservatory as a junior, I decided, well... You know, I love performing. I love the arts. I love the theater. But, you know, I have a great passion um, for business. I have a great passion um, in being able to learn um, some of the operations that go on behind the scenes. So not really knowing anything about business, I was petrified out of my mind to switch um, to being an international business major. But I did it, and it's been a really, really, really good journey. And now here we are today at 9 a.m. <laughs> on a Saturday. <laughs> yes, that is that is for sure. Uh, we also, uh, if you don't know how I know Matthew, he's my, I guess, supervisor or head guy or something um, for Phonathon, which is where we beg people for money, more or less. Um, so It's not all about we, that. <laughs> We uh, we make sure that this this campus does everything that it needs to do, whatever all of that course, stuff. Yes. Um, and uh, so that's that's how I know him. And we sit there, and I just I sit right behind him so that I can continue to bother him the entire time. <laughs> um, and he just sits there annoyed. I'm sure that he was very relieved when we no longer had to do any calling. <laughs> and then uh, I just saw the the look of terror on his face when he when he was looking on the schedule for the day of giving, <laughs> and just saw that my name was on it. And he just I he just looked up and he's like, "Why? He's but, not that no. bad, y'all. He's <laughs> not that bad." That's uh, that's. That's how I remember it happening, though. So uh, <laughs> sticking with that story. Um, so we're discussing, and this was your idea, how do you stay motivated uh, through the ups and downs of life? Do you want to talk a little bit about why specifically you chose this topic? Um, I chose this topic, one, because it is a relevant one um, in any individual's um, journey, their, their life, for that matter. Um, there's going to be times where... Things aren't going to add up in the way that you had um, wanted them to. You know, certain goals may not be met at the time that you want them to. But in realizing that, you have two choices. A choice to kind of fall back and, you know, get in a little slump about, you know, certain things not happening for you. Or you can grab any amount of energy, any amount of motivation, perseverance that you can collect and do what you have to do in order to see that those goals are um, fulfilled. Um, it is something that we all will uniquely go through. We'll all go through a time where certain stresses, if it's not school stresses, then it's work stresses. If it's not work stresses, then, you know, maybe you're trying to embrace a new healthy lifestyle. Maybe that's not going um, as well as you thought it would be. But it's just identifying that, you know, problems and those issues are so minute and that we all have the ability um to be motivated and to um, persevere in those times of struggle. So before we move on to our first topic, do you want to talk a little bit about the next two songs on that playlist? Uh, like I'm Gonna Lose You and All of Me, both involving John Legend, one of them also involving Megan Trainer. 
Yes, for sure. So, first and foremost, there are not a lot of male artists, vocalists that I care for today, but John Legend and a select few are um, some of them for sure. But um, within these two specific songs, I know most of us within the college years, teenage years, and even post-grad, of course, um, everyone we go through, little relationships, of course, and whatnot, um, and some of them are beneficial, and some of them, you know, can have us getting, a, and getting us in a slump, um, and um, um, for lack of better words, um, really just in a place where we don't recognize our own self-worth. We may um, struggle from um, self-esteem issues. Um, just a list of things that um, can either be of a huge advantage or disadvantage to you. But in regards to this specific segment of staying motivated and uplifted, um, one is just being able to identify your own self-worth. Um, and knowing that you have um, a lot to contribute to this world that we give in and that you have value and that you do not need to receive that from anyone um, or any individual for that matter. So these two songs are just um, maybe a reminder to some of um, you all um, thinking about someone right now who, um, you know, just to know that um, you are worth a lot and that... Um, just to keep pushing and keep striving and knowing that all things will work out for the good. Cool. That's uh that's fantastic. You mentioned earlier as well about you um having your unique journey where you started off on piano, then made a switch to musical theater, then came here and did musical theater and then made a switch to to business. So you want to talk a little bit about your your switching around and your your jumping all over the place. <laughs> Um, definitely, definitely. My first switch, as you just said, um, happened while I was in high school at the Barberingham School for the Arts. Um, I had played piano for around seven years. I auditioned to get into school and I got in, of course. Um, and then my sophomore year, I had a bit of a, a passion change again. Um, and so I switched again and, you know, I learned how to act and sing and dance, all those things that I really wanted to learn. Um, and I thought that was going to be it for me. You know, I thought I was going to be a performer, uh, an artist. Um, and so, you know, of course, I went on to audition to Shenandoah Conservatory. I got in. And then the same thing happened at the beginning of my junior year. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? I had this impulse um, the summer before I, I entered my junior year and my impulse um, was basically just to jump and to jump into a new field. And that field for me that I was being pulled in um, was business. Um, and the very interesting and scary factor about it is that I know nothing about business. I didn't know about assets or liabilities or an income statement. And I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know any, anything about that. Um, so when I, when I got this impulse to jump, I was completely petrified. You know, first of all, two completely environments of people, two different classroom settings, two different spectrums of the brain. Um, I, you know, I was very, really, really scared. You know, I was leaving a my comfort zone. I was leaving a place that um, I that I identified as, as being my home, you know, my, my family for one. Um, but sometimes, you know, it's those very situations of us being uncomfortable um, that lead to the most growth. 
Um, and so I urge all of you today that if whenever and if you ever feel that impulse to pursue something else or you just feel like you're in a place where things are just too familiar um, to go ahead and jump into a new interest, go ahead and jump into a new passion because you never know the opportunities, the blessings that will come your way, the people you will meet for that matter. Um, and in correlation to um, our segment today being um, staying motivated and staying uplifted, um, just knowing that this, this life that we live is a process, knowing that it is a journey and that on this journey, it's, we may go, you know, different, um, d- different alleyways and some may be narrower than others, but just knowing that it's all a part of the process and it's all um, for the purpose of making you a stronger um, individual. So I would definitely say that while my journey um, was very complex and very difficult at some times, um, I'm incredibly happy um, with the results that I've um made as far as developing. And like I said, I encourage you all just to go jump out and leap into something new if you feel that impulse. I love how you talked about the um, the comfort zone. And I think that getting yourself out of the comfort zone uh, in a way ends up motivating you to do other things. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, and if you if pushing yourself just slightly out of it, I think often too many of us just, you know, uh, like you said, get very acquainted to, to yes. where we are. Um, and we're very afraid to, to even just to talk to somebody new. Yes, yes. Um, you know, and I, I love this concept of there's, they make, they make journals for this too, but you don't, you don't need that. Um, but there, there are therapists who always say when you're trying to get over something, one of the best things you can do is to do everything every day that that kind of scares you and, yes. and slightly escalating it. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I know I did that my freshman year because I had way, way lack of self-confidence uh, in myself and in my ability to talk to people. And so my freshman year, I just, anytime I saw somebody that was just sitting by themselves um, and people always find this weird because nobody does this anymore. I just walked up and I was like, can I sit here with you? And like, there, there were times where they were just like, no, you know, <laughs> and people are, people are just afraid to be approached. Um, and not only that, but a lot of people just assume that you have ulterior motives too, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Um, but be, yeah, be brave enough to try and go out there uh, and start meeting new people. And because you don't know the kind of friendships and things that are going to, to come out of that and the, the opportunities, as yes. you said, yes. that are going to come out of doing something, even if it is a little bit strange, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's going to put you out there. Uh, and if I may add, there's just... Yeah. This world that we live on, this earth that we inhabit, I think in some ways it's almost a little bit selfish to kind of be around one select group of people throughout your entire life. There's too many diverse, unique individuals on this planet that we have the opportunity to be in interaction with on a daily basis. And all the take all it really take for us to be in interaction is to get out of our comfort zone. And I feel like for most of us, and including myself at times, and even still at times, <laughs> it may serve as a barrier. But sometimes, like I said, you've got to take that leap of faith and just jump. Yeah, yeah and jumping is always, of course, the hardest part. I, I like what you just touched on, too, about how 
uh, I'm not necessarily dangerous, but um, kind of limiting to yourself it can be to just be around one group of friends. And I know that for me, I, I realized that my freshman year when I was in this group of friends and we always just did everything together. And whenever I wanted to do something with somebody else or whatever, they would just say, you know, why can't you hang out with us? Or if I wanted to be by myself, it was kind of just hard for them to understand. And then my junior year, partway through, I decided uh, basically that I, I just wanted to kind of go off and do my own thing. And I no longer wanted to just be in a, in a set friend group. Um, and so I guess now I'm kind of a, a lone wolf, you could say, you know, but I, I think that that's been substantially more motivating for me, um, you know, and I think that it's been very helpful to my personal growth to try and make connections with people I've never made connections with before, you know, and sit with people that I haven't sat with before. Um, and it's forced me to do that because I, I no longer have that safety net of the same group of people I can go and sit with. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, so just throwing yourself out there. We're going to take another quick song break, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit more about this subject. Now, this isn't officially a uh, music-specific podcast, but music always plays an integral role in everything that we do. We were talking about um, getting comfortable. We were talking about um, a lot of those things, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Uh and I think that I think that music can play a huge role not only in pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, but also in in getting yourself motivated. So let's talk uh, once again uh, specifically to you about first of all any times when you've either gone to a new genre or a new style of music um, and you felt that kind of comfort zone pull to stop listening, or you felt a comfort zone pull to specifically you know listen to something. If you understand what I'm. I'm uh, speaking about and then also any times you've used music or certain songs to motivate yourself to either get something done or do go out and do something that that maybe would have been a little bit hard for you to do otherwise yes definitely I like this a lot okay um so gospel music has always um just been my foundation been my roots and as I get older um the roots are digging deeper and getting stronger. Gospel music just has um, a way of like touching my soul. Um, and I can definitely say has been a huge contributor um, to keeping me unlift, uplifted, to keeping me motivated. Um, and Whitney Houston, of course, um, had a lot to do with that. Um, even I can remember um, when being younger and just watching movies like The Preacher's Wife or um, listening to the Clark Sisters, um, whom else? Um, so many people, BB and CC Winans and, um, you know, Jennifer Hudson a little bit. Um, and gospel music, it, it just has, uh, I, I, don't, I, can't, I can't even put a word on it. Um, but this like angelic presence about it that I don't necessarily get from um, other genres of music. Um, yeah, you have your pop, you have an art, your R and B, and um, your soul. You know, music that you can really, really, you know, bump and kind of dance to. Um, but there's nothing more than just just sitting in your room, lying in your bed, maybe for some of you, turning on some gospel music and just letting you, you know, taking you into a place of just um, gratitude. Um, for most people, say worship. Um, and that's really, I would have to say, has been um, 
a, a huge, like I said, a huge contributor um, to myself being um, motivated and uplifted. Um, and as far as a specific song, um, His Eyes on a Sparrow, um, I'm not, I don't believe that is one of the songs here on the track this morning, um, but His Eyes on a Sparrow um, is probably one of my favorite gospel songs, a song that I've sang many times, and I'm going to make another Whitney Houston reference, but if most of you all saw the movie Sparkle um, um, I'm from 2012, there was a scene um, in which Whitney Houston, from years of being kind of off the scene, um, she is seen um, singing the song, His Eyes on a Sparrow. Um, and it's just like a reminder to me and to all those who believe in God or a higher power, you know, that there is someone watching over us every day, um, you know, guiding our steps and keeping us protected. Yeah, that was uh, uh, great. So um, let's, uh, I think that, again, uh, not specifically a music podcast, but really it is because uh, everything that we do usually ends up relating back to it to some way. Um, I think, uh, we're talking about the comfort thing and I kind of want to continue this discussion for a little bit longer. Cause I do think it's extremely important with, um, all facets of life, not even just motivation. Uh, and if we're going to go deeper with this discussion, I, I think that, uh, getting used to getting outside of your comfort zone gets you used to talking to to people and having discussions with people and listening to music and, and seeing people in a more, I guess, accepting light, you know, um, being more willing to, uh, love, you know, um, and it's, you know, for you, it's, it's, it's gospel. And a lot of people are gonna, uh, gonna sit here, uh, and they might listen to this podcast and be like, Oh God, gospel music, you know, or whatever. Um, but it's getting used to being, in that uncomfortable state and listening uh, to this podcast where every single week we've got, and I encourage you to listen to the playlist as well, because we always have very different music every single week. And I think it's important to get used to listening to all these different kinds of music and how it impacts different people in different ways. Cause I think that we get caught up in this, my genre of music is the best genre, you know, or it's the only genre that really matters. Um, but I mean, I, I can find the the absolute inspiration and motivation and the art in gospel music the same way that I can now, um, after a long time of feeling uncomfortable with it, find it in hip hop or in rap. Um, and for me, you get inspired by listening to gospel music, but for for me, it's it's a lot of uh, classical music and a lot of orchestral mm -hmm. stuff, which yes, I find just yes. absolutely beautiful. But I I find a lot of a lot of joy in listening to, to gospel music as well. On top of that, you want to talk about your, uh, the songs on the playlist, the next group of three after the Megan trainer, we've got, you're all, I need to get by Marvin Gaye. I will always love you. Whitney Houston classic and a song for you. Yes. You're all I need to get by Marvin Gaye. I actually, um, not really my introduction into this song, but the first time I had like an actual personal interaction with it was um, my freshman year here at the conservatory. Um, All Shook Up the Musical was um, happening that fall semester. And this song was a song that I chose to um, audition with. Um, 
And it's in that soul genre, that Marvin Gaye, smooth um, type of voice. Um, and just the rhythm and the like, the bumpiness of it, um, I really, really enjoyed. Um, and it's just um, a substance of music and soul that you really just don't hear much of these days. I mean, you know, you have, I really feel like, you know, John Legend still incorporates that and a couple of other artists as well. But uh, Marvin Gaye, there was just something so very raw about his voice um, and his approach to this song. Um, And the other songs we have coming up again. I Will Always Love You. I will always love you. I will always love you. Yes, I know most of you all know that song for sure. (laughs) And if you don't, well, I'm sure you know it, definitely. (laughs) Um, What can I say about that song? Um, most people actually, a little fun fact, don't know that Whitney Houston did not write it. Actually, Dolly Parton wrote it. Um, but I mean, it's probably one of the most iconic love songs in history. Um, and Whitney Houston, um, took it in approach completely different than what Dolly, you know, had originally done. I'm not saying Dolly had her style, Whitney had her style, um, but just a powerful song. And for most of y'all, most of you all familiar with The Bodyguard, um, the movie back in 1991 with Kevin Costner. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's an incredible, great song, a song that I don't think will ever get old. <laughs> no, it's iconic. And then we've also got a song for you. A song for you, Donny Hathaway. Yes. Um, this is another song, especially for old, not old folk, but folk a little bit older than I am. <laughs> and it's been covered by many, 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 many artists. Um, it's just a smooth song. It's a very, it's a nice, smooth love song um, that most people um, older than I can really, really relate to. And a song um, for me, I like to consider myself an old soul because I love old music, but um, a song that really... The lyrics, the substance of the lyrics um, really just take you back to, you know, your first little relationship or your first love. For some of us, we may not really want to recall that, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's just a nice song that really brings back, you know, some distinct memories, we'll just say it. (laughs) So we went into a little bit talking about the effect on your... um your motivation and comfort levels that your switch um, your junior year had on you. But we haven't talked about really what kind of triggered that switch to happen to what really, what really got it started. So you want to talk a little bit about what really set that off? Yes, absolutely. Um, I had interned at the UNESCO center for peace organization um, summer of 2015 um, and my role back then um, was a mesh of public relations and um, coordinating and even project managing at, at, at times. Um, and in assuming those roles, it really enlightened me to um, to gaining new perspectives, um, not only within my roles, but from the operations kind of behind the scenes um, and in that understanding, in that revelation that I received um, is kind of what widened my scope as to the potential opportunities I could look at for a future career. So after that experience, 
um, I was really at kind of like a crossroads. I was like, you know, Matthew, you know, you, you know, you're, you've been on a winning streak for you know a good bit, and you know, your graduation, um, you know, was still on target. And knowing that I'd probably have to potentially um, take on an additional semester to fulfill my um, business core um, courses, I nevertheless I went with the impulse. I went with the impulse, you know, we some we all have these experiences in life that um, we may not always understand, but somehow I just understand that everything that we get into on a daily to weekly basis, it all happens for a specific reason. You know, some people may call it a coincidence, but I'm not, I'm not certain about that. Some things are just so um, related and it's so, you know, strategically done that I think um, that it's a little bit higher than just, you know, little coincidences like we would like to call them. Um, but nevertheless, um, I went, I went with the impulse after weeks and weeks and weeks of kind of fighting with it. And I would have to say that it's probably been one of the best decisions that I've made yet. So, um, the learning lesson really to take from this is to really seek those opportunities and experiences where you can gain new perspectives. Um, I elaborated a little bit on it earlier, but there are just too many people that we have the ability to interact with on a daily basis that are diverse, that are, you know, complex individuals that have individuals that, you know, may have even, you know, been raised in a different country or just in a different setting that you may have that you could learn something from, that you could, you know, see the world and perceive the world differently um, than you had been. Um, and from this, um, we are, you know, just made better as people um, within our own journeys. And, um, specifically for me, um, you know, really just embracing all of um, the opportunities that would come my way, having made my switch. So you, you touched on something that I think you would have, uh, a very strong opinion about, and that I think you'd have a lot of good advice for a lot of people listening. So a lot of people are going to hear what you're saying about that impulse decision you made and that new perspective you had. And, a lot of people, I think what scares them, what keeps them from being motivated to pursue certain things is saying that you can't just follow an impulse because it's unrealistic. Uh, what what advice do you have for people who maybe have that as, as a head block? And what's, what's your personal opinion on the whole realistic argument versus uh, being real versus following uh, what you actually feel is right? That is a really good question. I'm really glad you asked that. Um Ha, that is so funny. It's actually very interesting because um, a year prior to when I got that impulse, I had another impulse. Um, and it was the same one, um, not necessarily to pursue business as um, as within my undergraduate studies, um, but it was to pursue something different. And I'm an individual that I have to plan things out strategically. I have to plan things six months down the road. I have to have, you know, this lined up with this and have this opportunity meeting this goal and have this, you know, I'm a very, I, I like to plan things out. I like to have things, I like to have a scope as to um, where I would like for myself to go. So going based off um, of that um, concept of having um, these impulses, I think it's good to recognize the impulse for what it is and that if you do choose to go with it, 
to make sure that you plan it out. Plan that accordingly. You know what I mean? Do your research. Um, know the environment that you're potentially going into. You know what I mean? Um, I, I'm all about, you know, jumping into new environments and embracing new cultures and whatnot. But, you know, we have, you know, the Internet to our use. We have the library to our use. We have um, books. We have people to our use that can all give us insights as to, you know, um, those potential opportunities that we um, could be engaged in. Yeah, that's uh yeah, I really I knew that you would have a of a good opinion about about that as well. So the the planning aspect, the the realism or the realistic aspect, you think still has has a part in it. It's the um it's the object of finding kind of a balance, you know, between between feeling and and realism. Uh is that I'm just making sure that I'm getting what you're saying is that kind of yeah yeah I would say I, I would say you have it yeah <laughs> uh, and just so it's the yeah and I think that I think that's always a, a struggle for people not only to find that balance but to feel motivated and encouraged enough to actually go through with with finding it because it's always easy to just take the feeling route mm. um, or to just take the purely realists uh, roots, you know, and just go to your nine to five job, you know, mm. and just find a typical job. That's also easy. Um, going down the middle, uh, I think is ex extremely challenging. And you talked about planning and I, I agree with that. I'm just, I'm curious as I'm sure a lot of listeners are, how exactly do you go about planning out? What kind of systems do you have for, for kind of setting goals, achieving your goals and being motivated to actually do them? I think that definitely correlates to identifying your own self-worth, knowing what you're good at, knowing your skills, um, and engaging in experiences to give you an understanding of what you're good at. Um, then, and only then, can you really you know, have somewhat of a general idea of what you would like to accomplish, what goals you need to meet, and then to plan them accordingly. You know, and then we are, like I said, we have so many different references of information, people, the internet, books, libraries, you know, primary, you know, so, so many different sources that we can use to our advantage to help us with that process. And since we're talking about motivation, I do have to talk about this real quick. Um, but it has to come from you. I, I am all about a support system. I am all about that. I think we have people, um, friends, family members for that distinct purpose. But at the end of the day, and God forbid, you know, you're by yourself, you have to motivate yourself. You've got to get up, command your day, seize the opportunities, you know, take control of your life. You know, this is your life. You know, you're, you know, it's and it's only going to be as good as the amount of energy, the amount of effort that you put into it. Do we all fall in a little slump every now and then? Of course we do, but you, it, it's you've got to recognize, and that's why I love, as I stress this factor of identifying your self worth because nobody else can define that for you. And once you hold, once you have that, you hold that, and that is one of the components that will um, keep you motivated to getting up each and every day. Yeah, I think that we I think that we agree on a lot of stuff, which is why I'm I'm just loving this conversation uh, and everything as well. So uh, once again, you can go online. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on Stitcher Radio, uh, and you can you can listen to this 
podcast in its entirety and even bring it up anytime you're feeling a little unmotivated, you know, and bring it, bring it back up and just listen to a couple clips and everything and listen to this playlist and think about everything. Speaking of the playlist, the next three songs that we have on it are his eye is on the sparrow. We actually do have that song this Christmas because it's Christmas <laughs> and greatest love of all. So you want to talk a little bit about these three songs? Yes. Um, so His Eyes on a Sparrow, as mentioned earlier, is one of my favorite gospel songs. And it is the one from the 2012 film Sparkle. So if you have never seen Sparkle and you enjoy Whitney Houston, then I think you should enjoy that song for sure. And this Christmas, I mean, every, and of course it's not Christmas. It is like 75 degrees outside <laughs> and Easter is tomorrow. But you know what? This Christmas is just a great song. It's a nice little song to kind of get you prepared for the for the Christmas season. It's all about planning. Sometimes you have to plan six months in ahead to get in the spirit. So that's why this Christmas is here. <laughs> and then last but not least again. Greatest love of all. Greatest love of all. Ah, that's another Whitney Houston hit, I believe, from the late 1980s. Um, just, it's just, it's a beautiful song. Um, you know, it, and it, the, one of the lines that is resonating within me right now is, um, I believe the children are a feature, teach them well, and let them lead the way. And that line is so powerful to me because as we get older, um, you know, we have an, a, another generation coming um, right up from behind us. And with all the, you know, <laughs> craziness, I guess we could say, going on in our society right now, um, we have to really train up a generation that is um, going to stand and, um, you know, for the things that are right and to have high morals and ethics. Um, and I believe that this song is a really good representation of that. So without further ado, the greatest love of all this Christmas and his eyes on the sparrow. Let's start moving over to the more practical side, because I know that a lot of people who are listening uh, hear a lot of great motivational advice and they don't really know what to do with it and what the next step is. So you talked about um, when following your impulses to, to plan it out and to think about what it is you're, you're, you're really doing and to write out your goals and your, your plan. So what kind of, what kind of tools and things do you do to, to figure out um, if this is a change worth pursuing? The first tool I would suggest to anyone wanting to be more organized um, and strategic about their life um, would be using a calendar. A calendar, it seems so simple. Oh, it yes. seems like something that everyone would have, but it's actually something that I really just discovered within like the last six to eight months. But, uh, you know, a Google calendar, um, you, you know, a calendar just to give you a sense of structure and organization. You know, there's only so much our minds and our brains can hold on a daily basis. And it is more practical and more effective if you can free up your brain a little bit and put some of your appointments and um, whatnot into um, your calendar and just review it that way. Another one um, thing that I would definitely suggest um, is that you have to be focused. Um, you have to be focused about what you want to accomplish in your life, and you need to not compromise for that. Um, a term that we use often within business are opportunity cost, and basically, with that understanding, it's knowing that when you engage up some, when you engage in something, and um, something else on the other side is what you will have to um, not engage in. So, I, I mean, if you go. 
out to a friendly gathering of some sort. Um, you know, if you could potentially be at the gym, if you want to live a, you know, a healthier lifestyle, or you could be, I don't know, um, you know, re-editing your resume or, you know, something of that sort that, um, is productive. Now I'm not saying, you know, that you can't go out for a nighting with your friends. There's nothing wrong with that. But, um, what I'm also saying is that you have to have priorities and it's going to lead me to this little next topic, kind of a little subtopic rather. Um, and that's learning to say N O no, you've got to learn to say no. And it is something for me that is incredibly challenging because we feel as, pe- as people that we have to be engaged in this. God do this. And especially as college students, you know, most of us are trying to build our resumes up. So we need to, you know, do this. We need to be part of this organization and we need to have this leadership experience and we need to, you know, do this and do that. And that pledges fraternity. And you know, there's just so much stuff that, you know, we feel obligated to do on a weekly basis. And what we don't understand is that we, when we commit to all those things, we are made less effective in in doing all those things. You can't be effective, you know, in doing 35,000 things at one time. God forbid you're going to school and you're full time and working job. I mean, there's too many stuff. You cannot be effective. I don't, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter how productive, how organized, how structured you are as an individual. You know, you have to be practical. You have to be focused. So in that understanding, there are going to be a lot of opportunities where you're going to think, oh, I've got to do this. But you need to outline the benefits and you need to outline some of the disadvantages of engaging in that. And if um, being less effective or losing astronomical amounts of sleep as a result of it, then that's when the N-O factor will come in. And it is a a word that you need to learn to use often. Um, And just hope for the best that people will understand. It's not personal, but you like it. Like I said, you're focused, you know, you're on, you're on a journey. You're on a journey to fulfill whatever goals, objectives that you've defined for yourself. And as a component of that, you've got to say, learn to say no. Yeah. And I think that, I think that what people don't realize too, is that when they say yes to one thing, they're saying no to something else, Opportunity right? You're saying, cost. yeah, mm-hmm. you're saying no to, to something you could be spending your time on. So I think that's, that's great advice for people to, to start implementing. Uh, we've got a lot of great advice that we've been giving. Let's discuss, I am changing and this is the moment. Uh, I am changing. Yes. Uh, dream girls, I believe the early 1980s, um, the first time I sang within um, my, my my high school, Barbarigam School for the Arts, I sang that song, I Am Changing. Um, it was sang by Jennifer Holliday, as most of you know, in the, in the theatrical um, piece, and by Jennifer Hudson in the film. Um, God, it's, that song is so powerful. Um, it, it was um, at a point within a character's life when... Um, most of us have experienced, you know, things may not um, be going the way that we had planned them to. And it may look like a lot uh, a lot more unfortunate things are happening, um, you know, th- than the good. But it's coming to that point where, you know, you put your foot down and, you know, you really decide for yourself that you want to take control of your life. And in this specific scene, um, the lyrics, you know, so simple are, I am changing. Um and as you'll hear, there's such a distinct, powerful message, and you can really feel the emotions of the character. And the next song... Um, the next song is 
This is the moment. This is the moment. Ah, Jekyll and Hyde for all of my uh, musical theater friends out there. Um, this is a this is the moment. Is another piece just like I am. I am changing just in kind of two different genres um, of a moment where the character is deciding to take full control of their life. Um, if I'm quoting some of the lyrics correctly, um, this is the moment. Um, uh, just a song, a piece that um, is just so powerful and I believe um, is definitely a moment in um, anyone's life where um, you, you have you have that defining moment. Um, and it's that moment that will lead to so many great opportunities um, down the road. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, some other practical advice and practical tips that we can we can give to people that they can start implementing today right so we talked about learning to say no uh learning to use a calendar uh and we talked a little bit about the comfort level thing but let's let's go a little bit more in detail on that and let's let's talk about what are obviously switching uh majors and and everything was a huge switch for you and comfort level but what are ways that other people can start to break out of break out of their comfort bubble if if switching majors isn't something that's feasible or isn't something that's that's what they want to do okay definitely um within um shenandoah university's um environment specifically i know something that i've noticed is that we have so um you know a good variety of departments um and talking from a business perspective um I know that it would be so incredible if we could actually see, you know, um, you know, a more of a diverse community in supporting each other. So, you know, um, you know, like the, the business students going over to see some of the conservatory shows and, you know, some of the main stage productions and, you know, the percussion ensemble and, um, you know, stuff like that and vice versa. You know, then the conservatory students and professors coming over, you know, to some of our um, distinguished lecture speakers and our keynote speakers. And, you know, just for um, a community where we can be um, more interacted with one another, um, even when within um, um, the nursing department and the political science department, we I, I just feel um, that if, if we're ever you know, going to be able to branch out of our comfort zones on uh, an environment level. Um, we do have the first start with the person, the individual, and if we can kind of instill, um, I guess, this hunger to want to, um, I guess, just be of support to our friends and other departments or just to just go into other departments just to explore and to discover Um I think that would be um, a great first step um, in really, you know, just branching out of our comfort zones and also being more unified as a community. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that it's too often, uh, even within the conservatory at, at Shenandoah, that we're, we're all separated, you know, by, by major, um, you know, the theater kids don't ever really talk with or interact with um, anybody from my department for music ed or therapy or, or anything. And the, uh, we don't ever talk with anybody from the business school or the nursing school, you know, a lot of that crossover doesn't really happen. And people don't really, a really sad thing is there are so many 
available performances here of great shows. Uh, and all the tickets are free for students and nobody goes to see anything. It's a shame. It really you know, is. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, we don't ever get a huge turnout. Um, once again, next Saturday, 8 p.m. Wind Ensemble concert. You can take a step in the right direction. Let's do it. Out of 8 your comfort next zone. Saturday. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a huge thing. Again, just doing something every day that kind of scares you a little bit. And you'll be surprised how impactful uh, going and seeing concerts of things that you're not used to seeing um, and seeing maybe you don't like musicals. Go see a musical anyway. You know, you'd be surprised how much it it changes how motivated you get and, and how diverse you become as an individual. Um, and I like what you said about how it starts with you. Let's talk for for a little bit about that concept because we, we only briefly touched on it, but I think it's, it's important and it deserves a little bit of a, a more detailed discussion. Um, explain... Explain what you mean when you say uh, it starts with you, because you said we have great support groups and everything, but he said you've, you're the one who's really got to, you know, do the work more or less. So, yes. Um, what I meant by you is that it has to start with the individual, individuals. You know, each person really has to develop this hunger, really, to embrace you know, new, to embrace things that they aren't used to. Um, and that is something, you know, that you can't really, you can't really force someone to do that. They've got to, you know, do the exploring for themselves. Can we, you know, kind of bring them and tag them along to different things? Of course, you can always do that. Um, but like I said, each of us kind of has to take the initiative um, to want to explore to want to discover. And it's a very scary thing. It's a very scary Definitely. thing. Um, especially, you know, I think they say our generation is um, mostly or more, um, you know, filled with introverts and individuals that stay to themselves. And my whole take on that is um, that's perfectly fine in some aspects, but it, it can be very limiting as well. Um, as I elaborated on earlier, there's just, there's just too many diverse individuals, not even just within our state, uh, in our state, our country. But think about the rest of the world, you know, the global environment. I just got back from Japan about two and a half weeks ago, three weeks maybe, and just the culture over there is incredible. Just incredible. Uh, the nicest people you will ever meet in your life. Um but like I said, you've got to explore. And don't believe me, I had my, my scares when going <laughs> over there. You know, a 13-hour flight did not seem fun <laughs> at all. <laughs> no layover. Um, but like I said, you've got to be willing to explore and to discover. Yeah, definitely think that yeah, doing that on your own. And, and you can even, uh, we talked about this yesterday as well, you can even trick yourself into doing things because a lot of people aren't motivated to go out and explore. Um, but if you tell yourself you're just going to do one small bite-sized piece that you can do, you end up eating the whole cake. Yeah, you know? that's it. Um, so just tell yourself, oh, I'm just going to do something small. All I'm going to do is just walk up um, to somebody I don't know and just say hi you know, nothing else. And the next thing you know, a conversation starts rolling, you know, something um, so simple. Yeah. And so, so just simple. 
do that to trick yourself. But once again, you've, you've got to do it yourself. And I love the way that Absolutely. Matthew put it. So we've got two more Whitney Houston songs on the playlist to finish up with the Whitney Houston songs, which make up, if I'm not correct, 10 sixteenths of the, uh, of the songs. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've got, I love the Lord and I believe in you and me film version. <laughs> so you want to talk a little bit about these two songs? Yes. Um, I love the Lord. Uh, um, most of you all may know, most of you not. Um, but I love the Lord is, um, one of the songs from the preacher's wife film, I believe 1997, somewhere around that time frame. Um, and if you've never seen the movie, the preacher's wife, it's a nice little Christmas family movie with Denzel Washington, Whitney Houston, of course, and her mother, um, Sissy Houston, another, um, um, well-known gospel artist. Um, and something, you know, that really triggers for me with this song, it's in a gospel genre, um, of course, um, and this is just for me, may not be it for everyone, but kind of my relationship with God um, and how that's kind of really um, kept me striving and pushing and, you know, being motivated in times when I wasn't. Um, and this song, um, just the lyrics, I love the Lord, he heard my cry. Um, it's just a very reassuring song that there's a God that sits high and that he looks low all of us and reminding us that, you know, he cares for us um, and that, you know, he loves us and supports us and only wants the best for us. Um, so I Love the Lord is definitely a song um, of hope, of uplifting and of, of, of motivation. Um, and then the second song there, I Believe in You and Me, um, is also a song from The Preacher's Wife. Um, Whitney Houston um, covered that song. I think they're in... A little, a mic night of some sort. Her and Denzel Washington. It's a nice little love song there um, for you to enjoy. But without further ado, um, I love the Lord and I believe in you and me. So let's, before we take this podcast and end it, let's summarize our thoughts and summarize all of the the best points uh, from the hour that people have spent listening to this. So what are your... What are your t- your top points? If you could summarize this into just one piece of advice. One piece of advice I would have to say is to be the best you that you can be. And in understanding that, the only way that you can do that is by identifying your self-worth. And in and through that, you'll have to go on a unique journey, unique exploration that is unique only for you. So to really wrap up this segment, that in and through that journey, that discovery, you'll learn so many different things about yourself that will not only empower you, but it will sustain you, motivationally speaking, um, throughout anything that you choose to embark on. To take us home, we've got two more songs on the playlist. We've got Michael Bublé. And Stevie Wonder, we've got Feeling Good and For Once in My Life. You want to talk about these two songs? <laughs> good old Stevie and good old Michael Bublé. I mentioned earlier that I'm not a huge fan of a lot of male um, artists in our day and time, but these two, 
I mean, you can't go wrong with Stevie and you cannot go wrong with Michael Buble. Um, for once in my life, the nice little upbeat, um, I guess you would say like uh, maybe soul popish, maybe a little bit, I get whatever you would like to put in there, but a song I think you really enjoy. And then the most iconic, you know, feeling good that everyone um, should know. But if you don't, you'll know it now. <laughs> Once again, this has been question of the week, the morning coffee segment with my guest, Matthew Murray Ryan. Uh, It's been a pleasure talking with you. and It's been a pleasure uh, doing this show with you. I hope that you enjoyed your time on as well. Great music. Again, you can go check out the playlist by going and liking our Facebook page, question of the week on Facebook. It's also facebook.com slash question of the week but there's no e after the the because apparently question of the week is taken by some girl with a flower as her profile picture so without further ado we're gonna end this show uh thank you for listening i will see all of you next week